Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey, today I want to talk to you about film distribution. If you're just now focused on a film, uh, your next film you know, this is going to be important for you because I think I'm going to set in motion some context for the way that you need to think about your projects. And for those of you that made a film and you're looking for distribution, this may sound a little bit like a rant. And that's not my intention here to to come across as being like overly ranty. I just think that, you know, in order to serve you better, I need to be as blunt and transparent as I possibly can so that you can avoid common pitfalls. For those of you just getting to know me, I work full-time in film distribution. On any given day, uh, I talk to dozens of filmmakers that are looking to bring their product to the marketplace. And having had, probably not venturing too far into hyperbole to say that having had uh, over a thousand conversations with filmmakers uh, looking for distribution, I can tell you that you're going to fall into one of these three camps. Uh, Number one, you're a veteran filmmaker. You know the landscape. It's not your first rodeo. Uh, You have a very pragmatic approach to the marketplace. You know how many units you need to sell. And you come to the table with a promotional plan on how you're going to move those units. Uh, So that's one camp of filmmakers that I talk to. And that's not going to be my focus for the day. The other camp of filmmakers uh, that I talk to are filmmakers that are usually first-time filmmakers. They come to me with a motion picture. Uh, it usually has uh, you know, a lot of unknown actors, and the production value leaves something to be desired. But yet, in their mind, they are waiting for a $10 million check and a three-picture deal from Warner Brothers. Um, and I'm just using Warner Brothers as, as an example, but I could, you know, you could exchange that with any major motion picture studio. And look, I get the dream because I've totally been there. Our first feature film, I was sure that we were going to hit it out of the park. In fact, I remember cold calling a, a really well-known sales agent and uh, I was like, hey, I really want you to look at my film. I'm going to send you a copy, blah, 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 blah. And the sales agent was like, look, dude, you know, I checked out the trailer. It's just not my thing. I was like, no, listen, you got to take a look at it because I don't want you to miss out on the great opportunity here to be part of it. You know, and I was just, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just really leading with boldness, um, with the belief that I still share that boldness is rewarded, but I did have misaligned expectations and, you know, in retrospect, I know why it happened, but the sales agent never called me back um, <laughs> because the film left a lot to be desired. But I talk to I talk with a lot of uh, independent filmmakers. They have their first, you know, backyard indie ready for the marketplace, and they're like, "Where's my ten million dollar check?" Um, I'm actually not going to focus on this type of filmmaker for today's conversation. We'll hit on this again in future podcasts. But the the third camp, the other camp that I want to talk to you about are also usually first-time filmmakers. And they come to me with a feature film that they're ready to bring to the marketplace. But guess what? They tell me things like, well, I don't care if the film makes money. In fact, I don't think it'll make any money. I mean, who the heck's going to buy this thing? And immediately, immediately, I peg that particular filmmaker as an amateur and somebody that's not really thinking about their film the way they should be. Look, you've spent months, if not years, trying to you know get a story together, refine the screenplay, uh, put together a schedule and a budget and a business plan. You've raised the money. You've found the cast and the crew. And now you have a fully finished product 
that you're telling me probably isn't that great and it's not going to make all that much money. So what am I to do with that? You know, when I have that kind of conversation with a filmmaker, I, I can tell you this, it, it immediately makes me less inclined to even push, you know, the filmmaker in, in sort of a positive direction because if the filmmaker comes to the table already defeated, gosh, that's, 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 that's a tough one. So my lesson for you today is I need you to believe in your product. I need you to believe it in a way that you still have a dream that maybe you're going to be 1% of the 1% that gets that $10 million deal from the major motion picture studio. But if you don't get that deal, what's your plan then? You know what I mean? And most filmmakers don't have a plan because they viewed their motion picture product as a lottery ticket. And I'm telling you, that might have worked maybe back in 1998. But the market is saturated with backyard indies. And films just don't have the same kind of value that they used to have. Now, I'm going to get into some like nerdy concepts here. But, but I, want, I want to share this with you because I need you to think like an entrepreneurial filmmaker. You're not going to do yourself any good thinking of yourself as a struggling, starving artist. Nobody wants to work with a struggling, starving artist. You know what I mean? That's not appealing. That's not going to... I could go off. But um, like I said, I don't want this to be overly ranty today. But here's what I want you to know. I want you to know the difference between capital gains and cash flow. I want you to know the difference between capital gains and cash flow. Most filmmakers come to the table looking for distribution because they're looking for capital gains. But the filmmakers that are making it these days, as we shift from a uh, business to business type paradigm to a business to uh, consumer paradigm, we go from B to B to B to C, you also have to change the way that you hope your film's going to make money. And when I say hope, I, I don't mean like hope, like, gee, I hope it makes money. You got to have a strategy. So here, here's the strategy. What's the difference between capital gains and cash flow? I'm going to try to use an analogy for you. Um, and I'm doing this off the cuff, so hopefully it makes sense, but I'll try to refine it. So let's say that instead of making a motion picture, you decide that you're going to buy a rental property. You're, go you're going to buy a, a property near the beach somewhere on the East Coast that you're going to rent out, okay? And you find a tenant and that tenant goes into that property and they start renting it from you. And now each month you get a little bit of money in your bank account because you have that property out there working for you, right? So what I just described with this money that flows into your bank account each month, that's called cash flow, okay? So you have an asset that is producing cash flow. Look at it that way. Or capital gains. Now, as I mentioned, most filmmakers go into this thinking that they're just going to get that big payout. So how does that work in the same analogy? Well, let's take that same rental property and, and you buy this property and you fix it up. And instead of renting it out and collecting checks each month, you fix it up and then you flip it. You sell it for a profit. And when you sell it for a profit, that's called capital gains. So that's the difference between cash flow and capital gains. And it used to be back in the 1990s, most filmmakers, and for that matter, anybody working in the industry, really played the game in hopes of getting uh, capital gains. They were hoping that they would make the film, then they go to market, and then they would license that film out and they'd get a pretty nice check. But again, the market has shifted. The market's now saturated. So capital gains isn't really a good play anymore because those types of deals are very, very rare. But what is more common and, and absolutely achievable in the marketplace 
is creating a product that produces cash flow. So you get your film out there and you get it working for you in the marketplace. And see, what happens with this third group of filmmakers that don't fully believe in their product, it's because they approach the marketplace with a capital gains mindset. And the capital gains mindset, like I said, just doesn't work anymore. So they're disappointed that there's no big capital gains deals out there. But there's tons of cash flow deals. So an example of a cash flow deal, you take that same film, you put it up in the Google Play, for example. Google plays a 70-30 split, so you sell it for 10 bucks, you get $7 a pop. Every time you get a sale, you get $7, $7, $7, $7 flows to you. Now, obviously, it goes through like a probably a flat fee per service aggregator first, and then they pay you out. But nonetheless, you've now created the opportunity for your product, your motion picture product, to pay you a little bit each month in the form of cash flow. And so again, the way that pragmatic entrepreneurial filmmakers are winning these days is they're, they're not just focused on creating one film, but they're creating multiple products. They're creating multiple films over time and they're creating a library. And if each one of those films is out there working for you, uh, you know, this month you have one film working for you. Six months from now, you have the next backyard indie working for you. Another six months, you got another backyard indie working for you. Another six months, you got another backyard indie working for you. Before you know it, you have film four films in the marketplace that are producing a little bit of cash. And that's only with like one platform. I mentioned Google Play, but now you take those same properties and you get them into other marketplaces and those other marketplaces start to create a little trickle of cash as well. Now, is it easy? No. Is it guaranteed? No. But at least I'm, I'm helping, uh, or at least I'm hopefully helping you think about this so that you're not just focused on capital gains. If you focus on cash flow and you come up with a plan for how you're going to produce cash flow, then that's going to build your confidence and you're not going to end up being another one of these filmmakers saying, who's going to buy my film? Nobody's going to buy it. No, no, silly. You're thinking about the wrong thing. Quit focusing on capital gains. If you get a big, you know, a big uh, licensing deal where somebody pays you a ton of money to license your film, awesome. I'm so happy that happened for you. But I also want you to have a plan B and your plan B is to focus on cash flow. Now, this is interesting because what I just described fits very nicely into the windowing strategy that I've described in, in previous podcasts, but the windowing strategy is you start in transactional video on demand, then you go to subscription video on demand, then you go to ad supported video on demand. Now, again, that's that's all included in some previous podcasts, but nonetheless, I, I, I kind of want to end this just saying, now that you know the difference between cash flow and capital gains, I think this is going to give you a much more pragmatic approach to the ever-shifting marketplace. Um, one thing, you know, too, if you're new to filmmaking, if, if some of this stuff is making sense to you and you're like, wow, that's an interesting approach to, to uh, creating product in the marketplace, um, I put together a training program. It's called the Filmmaker Action Pack. And you can, you can pick up and, and gain access to it if you go to makeyourmovienow.com. And once again, uh, go ahead and visit makeyourmovienow.com. And I will see you on the other side. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.